0: I ran Michigan. I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. Uh, Brady Kachunk. Thomas is my best friend. I got a lot of good-looking news on my team. Mm-hmm. You just got new. I just them.
1: just them, we'll see.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode Chris Phillips of Elite Sens Brain. My name is Beata, and I am here with the mysterious... Twitter user known as at Erickson's Burner. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, how are you?
0: I'm great, and I don't know if you can tell on the recording already that there's something different about this episode. Guys, we're in the same room.
1: Yeah, oh my god, meeting in person, who's excited?
0: (laughs) We're excited. I'm so happy to find out that you're a real person and not (laughs) like, created by AI or something like that, that I wasn't being catfished. That's, she is a real person, everyone, yeah, just to confirm.
1: That's real. I'm not a catfish. But also you just have to take like word for it also. So like who's to say? You know what I, I mean? I could be in
0: on it, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. And we will not disclose why we met up, where we are, what time it is, anything about this. Just trust that it's a very remote location out in the middle of nowhere. We had to take Yeah, it was several planes, trains, buses, we we had to put so much effort into meeting up for this incredible episode, as, of course, Chris Phillips' episode has to be pretty cool.
1: Exactly, we're both wearing disguises, even though you still can't see us and it's just voices, so it's all very, it's all very official and all very secret, we're going, we're going to go into witness protection
0: after this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you have seen me recently, um, and I was hanging out with someone, it wasn't her. Don't worry. It it was not Twitter user Erickson's burner. And if you ever saw me out in public at all, no, you didn't. (laughs) Exactly. Anyways. So, do we have anything to discuss? I feel like nothing happened over the last two weeks since our last episode, right?
1: Um, I feel like you are forgetting the Patrick Brown trade.
0: Yeah, Patrick Brown is an Ottawa senator. Huge move yes. from the GM. Who's ex- really exciting. It was
1: Patrick Brown for a sixth everyone from the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's all there is to discuss. That's the end of this episode.
0: Yeah, all that is. Um, Obviously, kidding. The big news is that the Ottawa Senators are your 2023 Stanley Cup champions.
1: (laughs) It's so real. Yeah, so we've traded for Jacob Chikrin, who is a real defenseman who is good. Like, it's incredible. I never thought it would happen.
0: Truly, and I wrote this in Five Thoughts recently. I was like, I honestly never thought I would see the day that the Sens would have a good defense lineup, like an actual top four with a decent third pairing. Like, literally, I could cry. I almost cried (laughs) writing five thoughts. I could not believe this.
1: It's just so incredible because it's like, for the first time in ever, maybe, like, there won't be a time when the Sens are playing hockey and I'll be like, oh, God, like, (laughs) it's this pairing. You know what I mean? Because even when there's like... Like, what has it been? Oh my gosh, we've been through so much. We've been through Shabbat Zaitsev. We've been through... What else? <laughs> is- I don't Sanders even know. Sanders and Hamonic. We're yeah. still
0: kind of going I through I mean, it. yeah, we still are going through Sanders and Hamanik. And even before that, before the Shabbat era, we had Carlson Cowan. <laughs> we had we had Phaneuf Cc as the second pair. This was the second pairing on a team that made the Eastern Conference Final. We had... Yeah, we had Carlson with just a parade of guys and like nobody else behind him. And then before that, I wasn't even paying close enough attention to the team to know the defense pairings. So I literally cannot remember a time when the Sens had three good defense pairings or even a good top four.
1: It's actually incredible. Should mention though, DJ Smith does not see the vision. DJ Smith, scratched scratched Eric Branstrom instead of playing, like, multiple good defensemen.
0: I was so mad about this. I missed the beginning of the game. I was out with a friend, and I checked the pairings, and I saw that, and I was like, I'm glad I'm not watching. Like, yeah. excitement for Chikrin already gone, because Eric Branstrom is not in the lineup. But thankfully, I have some hope. We'll see what happens on Saturday, but... The one way that it can kind of make sense in my head is if DJ Smith was like, you know, we gotta get Chickman in, he's never even skated with his team, he hasn't played a hockey game in like three weeks because the Arizona Coyotes are a joke of an NHL franchise, and so we need to just make this as easy as possible, and what is the easiest thing for him to play, it is you know, third pairing, left defense, and we just, we're not going to mess with any of the other pairings by putting Brandstrom beside Sanderson, even though that would make perfect sense. But Brandstrom and Sanderson haven't played together, so I guess they they didn't want to try it out on this, in this important game without practicing first or something. I don't know. It still doesn't make sense, but I'm just hoping, I'm holding on to hope that Brandstrom will be back.
1: Yes, I think... I think that makes sense. I think, like, I saw it, and I, like, blacked out in rage. I was like, yeah. oh my god. Like, Branstrom scratched. Like, I was so upset. And then, like, people were being like, oh, it makes sense because X, Y, Z. And I was like, I don't want to hear it. Like, yeah. I, you've offended me. Like, don't say that again. But it does It does make a little sense because it's like, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it would have been cool to have, like, Branstrom play on his offside and then scratch, like, Nick Holden, maybe. But, like, I can. I don't think DJ Smith would ever play Chikrin Branstrom, I think mm-hmm. it would be too awesome, and he's afraid of, like, what would happen. Like, it would change the world.
0: Yeah. That's true. He did play um, Sanders and Chikrin a little bit, so, like, there's hope. Yeah. Like, I, like, he was not acquired to... Beyond like the third pair, so like it's gonna be fine, like they're gonna well, figure it out. They did talk about like possibly just having three really good pairings, you know? Ooh, maybe they so, did yeah, maybe they did acquire him to play on the third pair, but it wouldn't really be a third pair, it yeah. would be like equal pairings, and it's just each guy is like elevating another player, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see the vision there, but also I think that Brandstrom has been so good on the third pairing that it makes more sense to just have like the four best defensemen in the top four in some way, yeah. and then Branstorm on the third pairing with, I guess, Nick Holden and, you know, eventually, hopefully, um, like, JBD or Thompson, who project as sort of, like, decent third-pairing defensemen. We were just kind of hoping they'd be top four guys. So, that makes sense to me, yeah. personally.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. The, uh, so, like, basically, like, everyone knows, like, that would imply like someone's playing on their offside because they're, like, the four best defensemen on the team. Okay, well, Eric... Eric Brandstrom's, like, also the best defenseman on the team, but, like, let's pretend that he's not for a second and we'll say that the four best ones are, <laughs> like, Shabbat, Zu, Chikrin, and Sanderson. So, like, that's three left-handed ones. One of them's have to going to have to play on his offside. Mm-hmm. And, like, that, for some reason, NHL coaches treat that like you're asking them to, like, kill someone. It's, yeah. like, play a defenseman on his offside. They're, like, oh, my God. Like, it's a moral conundrum. Like, mm-hmm. I could never. And it's, like, I feel like it's not that big a
0: deal. But. Exactly. They play wingers on their offside all the time. And, like, that makes passes really difficult. Like, I know there's a reason that it's better for some wingers to play their offside. Like, Debrinket plays his offside, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's better to, like, get the shot towards the net or whatever. But it also makes passing difficult. And I feel like it's probably similar with um, defensemen. Like, I remember Branstrom saying once that he finds it easier in the defensive zone to be on the left side, but on the offensive zone to be on the right side. So maybe they just need to pair him with... Literally, any of the other guys they have on left D, and then the Suns will never be in the defensive zone, they'll only ever be in the offensive zone.
1: Literally, perfect. We've cracked the code. DJ Smith, are you listening?
0: Oh, we know he is. Yeah, everybody in the Suns organization is. (laughs) That's real. Um,
1: (laughs) Okay, so yeah, that was honestly like that was the best news I've ever heard in my life.
0: (laughs) It was incredible. I could not believe that that happened. I was like. I was supposed to be doing schoolwork, and I just couldn't. Like, I spent all of that night and the next day just thinking about it, just like reading up on Chikarin and stuff. He seems great. I'm so excited. I can't believe the Sens did it again. Like, yeah,
1: like honestly, people were saying like this is like the Dabrinka day, and it totally is. Like, it was like exact same vibes. Like everyone's just like the Sens are winning the Cup.
0: Exactly, it was and it's like they acquired. Literally the best player at that position who was on the market. Just like with Debrinket, yeah. they didn't give up any prospects, and it fit their needs perfectly. Like it's so, it's so perfect.
1: It yeah, it was honestly like it was so it was just yeah it was just so perfect it's also funny that Pierre Dorian is only capable of making like <laughs> the best trade that like I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life or like Travis Hamnick for a third <laughs> and it's like why is that the only two things that can happen ever like he will never do something like medium good he'll never mm-hmm. do something where you're like oh I guess like the you Patrick, Patrick
0: Brown actually I was also gonna point out The Hamannick trade, wasn't that the last trade to happen before a certain owner, uh, (laughs) you know, left the team, let's just say. Yeah.
1: So, okay, that's fair. Wait, yeah, what's a bad trade he's done since, actually?
0: Um. I don't think he's done a bad one, actually. That's actually
1: impressive. I guess, like, people didn't... No, you know what? Actually, people didn't love the Connor Brown one, because it was, like, he was, like, kind of just on a roll, and then he was like, and also, Connor Brown for a second! And we were like, oh, okay. Um Well, the
0: thing is, at the time, we were like, he's gonna flip the second for Chikrin, and... Guess what he did? He <laughs>
1: fully flipped it for Chickrit. It was. It took, like, six months or whatever, but, like, the payoff. Like, if you were following along at home and you were like, what happened the second? It's like a Chekhov's gun situation. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I think someone said that on Twitter. So sorry someone said that on Twitter, and I fully stole your joke. Shout out to you. But, like, it's fully, like, this will be important later. And it was. And I loved it.
0: Exactly. No, it was so good. I... And yeah, the other thing about that conditional second that I love so much is that (laughs) it has, okay, the conditions (laughs) on this second are that if the Sens make the Eastern Conference final this year, which as we all know, it's going to happen because they're winning the cup, right? Like they're also giving (laughs) up the 32nd overall pick. But if they make the Eastern Conference final, then the pick becomes a 2024 first. But that first round pick is top 10 protected, which means that Dorian has prepared for a scenario in which the Sens make the Eastern Conference final this year and then draft in the top 10 next year, which, as we know, has never happened in Ottawa, would never happen in Ottawa. (laughs)
1: Honestly, when you pointed that out like on Twitter, I was like and you were like this is the most Ottawa Senators thing ever. I was like, this is literally so true. Like if you had to like explain the Ottawa Senators in like a single draft condition, I don't know why you would ever have to do that. But if you did ever have to do that, like this is the one. Like it's exactly. perfect.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible. What a sense trade. I am so obsessed. Also, Jacob Tricker se- seems awesome. And I'm particularly obsessed because I've been doing a deep dive into his social media, of course, mm-hmm. um, since the trade. <laughs> like, this is what I've been doing all the last two days. Um, and I am really obsessed specifically with his mom, who um, just tweets about him constantly. And he always retweets her. Every single one of his birthdays, his mom will post some pictures that I would consider so embarrassing. Like, if my mom was posting this on Twitter every single time I had a birthday, I would not just ignore the tweets, I would block her. And yet, <laughs> Jacob Chikrin always retweets those tweets. That's and nice. I find that so adorable.
1: It's nice when players love their moms. I don't know exactly. what else to say. Like, that's just a lovely thing. I like that a lot. I hadn't seen that. I have to check Twitter as soon as we're done this that's what i'm gonna do that's what i always do anyway but um (laughs) that's so that's like lovely i really like him like the vibe he gave like an interview also in like first intermission or something and he was like talking about how happy he was to be on the sense and it was actually so nice he was like yeah like because his he has like family ties in ottawa i believe like his grandpa lives in ottawa and also his sister i believe so like the like he was like it was hard to like not cry talking to them and stuff it's just like lovely like that he seemingly is like very very happy to be an Ottawa senator
0: the way he was like I never thought I'd in my life I'd be an Ottawa senator like that sounds like a shit post I would make that sounds like me being like you know Mackenzie Wieger wants to be an Ottawa senator so bad he's tearing up about how badly he wants to be an Ottawa senator but it's real
1: yeah like it actually happened also yeah Mackenzie Weger that was another thing where people were like trying to manifest that and it's like crazy because like we still manifested like a hometown boy just like we, did, we yeah. well we because we've been manifesting Chikrin like everyone knows everyone on Sense Twitter has been doing it since the off season, but like I can't believe it worked again I know this is three in a row
0: well, yeah, we manifested, well, okay, back in the day, we manifested Duchesne, and that did not end very well for us. But it and still happened. It still happens. It still worked. And that's what's important. It, it just means that sometimes we make bad decisions, but <laughs> the Sens do listen to us when we decide that we want a player. And then, obviously, most recently, well, we didn't necessarily manifest Dabrinka, because we didn't think that... Debrinket was a possibility until it happened, really. We were yeah. trying to manifest Fiala, but we got even better. Yeah, Because um, I remember at the time thinking, like, oh, Debrinket would be even better, but, like, obviously the cost would be too high, and, like, the Sens, they just don't get good things. They don't get the best <laughs> player on the market. Um, and then it happened... So, in a way, we sort of manifested that. But we manifested Claude Giroux, obviously. That's the really obvious one. And then we also manifested Alfie to the Hall. Don't forget about that. That's real. We did manifest that. We got him into the Hall of Fame. That was completely our doing. <laughs> it was just and, and then we were trying to manifest Uyghur. Um, and that didn't really work out. But we were also manifesting Chikrin. And yeah. look what happened. We were
1: manifesting, like, a good defenseman. Yeah. Like, also, he, it was. it's funny because, like... What happened right before... Who went right before Chikrin? Like, someone did, or something like that. Yeah, well,
0: there were a whole bunch of defensemen that all got
1: traded. And so we, like, people, like, morale was, like, not... And it's exactly like 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 with Dabrinkit. Because
0: remember, when Fiala got traded, and we were like, no, we're not getting Fiala. Um, And then we got Dabrinkit instead. Yeah. Yeah, it's also a thing where, like, teams, like, started the way it
1: happened is hilarious, because it's, like, the way that the Sens got Chikrin is that they have so much cap space that, no, that yeah. like, the Coyotes didn't have to retain, like, that was part of it, and that's so funny, because it's, like, finally, I think I said this on Twitter, too, but, like, finally being a poverty franchise, like, paid off, like, finally I know, not, you're
0: playing the long like, game. Yeah, finally not paying players what they're worth. It finally worked out. And, like, yeah, it worked with DeBrinket. it worked with Chikrin, like- The Sens just (laughs) found the exact right moment to become good. It was thanks to COVID, (laughs) you know, one good thing that happened to us is it made the Ottawa Senators good, um, because the cap didn't go up, teams got into so much trouble with the salary cap, and suddenly the Sens were the only team that could pay players. How the tables turn.
1: Yeah, and now also, we find that the Sens are definitely going to, well, knock on wood, they like might actually make the playoffs now which is incredible Mm -hmm. because like I think we I don't even know when that started to become a possibility again it's like I blinked and it happened it was so
0: beautiful I know well in our last episode two weeks ago we were talking about the comparisons to the Hamburglar run but then we were like oh it's probably not gonna happen yeah um yeah so it's pretty wild that it did happen kind of I mean they're not in a playoff spot yet but like Things are trending up. Yeah, part of the reason that was able to happen is because they
1: beat divisional rival Red Wings twice in a row, back to back nights,
0: and they didn't just beat them; they sensed them so thoroughly.
1: Yes, the scores were six two. First score was six two. The Detroit Red Wings said, "Wow, oh, that was so bad. Like we need to come back. Like we need to put in more of an effort. All this stuff." Then they lost six one, which is even worse. It was awful
0: for them. It was so funny for us. It was hilarious. I also love that, like, after those two games, the Sens and the Red Wings were in the exact same spot in the standings. Same number of points, same number of games played, same win percentage, etc. And the Sens were like, hell yeah, we're going for it. We're in the race. Let's go. We're buyers now. Whereas the Red Wings were like, all right, playoffs hope's <laughs> over, we're done, <laughs> sell the farm. And, like, so we were funny. at the same the same point.
1: Yeah, the they were, like, like the exactly series. the same. But you know what? Like, Steve Iserman like, saw the writing on the wall. He saw Brady Kachuk taunting his entire team and was like, we're sellers, like we can't be
0: buyers. (laughs) I I will say I've really enjoyed over the last few days reading Winging It in Motown, which is the SB Nation blog dedicated to the Red Wings. Um, It's just really, really fun to see how, to see the meltdown kind of happen um, and the denial that it is a meltdown too. Like I've just been reading so much discussion where one person will say, Man, the Red Wings need to get tougher. We saw how they got bullied by Brady Kachuk, like, they were just not physical enough to match the Sens who just pushed them around. And then somebody else will reply, no, the Wings lost because they're just not as skilled as the Sens. They don't need to get tougher. And it was just this whole debate about, are the Sens tougher or more skilled? Why not both?
1: Yeah, the answer is literally both. Another fun thing I was doing is checking... I was also checking the Detroit Red Wings subreddit. Because mm. I have nothing going on. Like, no yeah. way. I was like... I didn't even post about it. So it's like... <laughs> and it was fully useless. It was just for me to, like, be a hater. In my mm-hmm. own time, I just looked at, like, opposing team subreddits and, like, read them and laughed. But honestly, like, shout out to the Detroit Red Wings subreddit. You guys were so upset and it was so <laughs> funny. I laughed so hard.
0: I am personally so glad that this rivalry is finally becoming a thing because my real fans will know. <laughs> I have been trying to make this rivalry happen for so long and been getting so much pushback, so much hate for this because here's the thing. Here's how this rivalry started in my head. About a year ago, the Sens and Red Wings played Against each other for the first time. They played their whole season series within like a few weeks. It was really weird. And I remember that the Athletic did a whole piece comparing the two teams. It was Ian Mendez who covers the Sens, and I forget who it was who covers the Red Wings, but they did this whole piece comparing the teams. And I remember I clicked on it thinking, oh man, Sens are going to get destroyed in this because all season, all I've been hearing is how the Red Wings are further along in the rebuild. The Red Wings are better. Lucas Raymond is better than Tim Stutzla. The Sens should be so embarrassed that the Red Wings are so much better. Then I read this piece, and they agree that the Sens are better in literally every area. Like, literally, the Sens are closer to contention. They're better right now. And I was reading this, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Because I am not hearing about this on Twitter.com. Yeah. And so then I got kind of annoyed. And then, during the summer, the Sens made all these moves, and I was like, finally, people are going to admit that the red <laughs> that the Sens are better than the Red Wings. For some reason, this just this <laughs> stuck in my head. I was like, they're going to know. And I checked, winging it in Motown again. And I was like, they're going to be shaking, crying, throwing up. So afraid of the Sens. um, Considering that the Sens added Alex Dobrynkit and Khoji-Hu. And the Red Wings added Ben Sherat. I was like, they're going to be so (laughs) mad. And all I heard was all these Red Wings fans being like... The Iser plan is in motion. <laughs> the Iser plan <laughs> continues. Steve Iserman, smartest person in the world. Like, everybody agreed that Ben Sherrod was terrible until the Red Wings signed him. And then they were like, Steve Iserman knows something that the rest of us don't. Yeah. Um. Which
1: he doesn't. He doesn't. He's bad.
0: Like, Ben Sherrod is bad
1: at hockey. And now his contract is so long and so big.
0: I'm pulling up Venture on guys. <laughs> it's a terrible contract for a bad player. The Red Wings literally suck. The Iser plan is not good. Everybody needs to stop. Yeah, just take off these, like, rose-colored glasses that you have about Steve Eiserman. I am a Steve Iserman hater. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is announcement on the
1: pod, like, for the first time, there's a Steve Iserman hater. Everyone, we, see, we're the ones who see past him, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, everyone's so obsessed with him. You we have to have Elite Sense
0: Brain to see past the facade of the Iser plan. Exactly. Also,
1: when I type, this is just about me, when I type Ben into my Google search engine, it autofills Ben Sherhot. <laughs> 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 That's how much of a hater I am! I pull up Ben cap Cat Friendly that frequently, and I still don't have his <laughs> cap hit memorized, guy. His cap hit is four point seven five million dollars a year. He has that's more than Nikita Zaitsev. Oh my God! It's until 2026. He has a 10-team no-trade list. This is your like genius GM, Pierre Dorian, is like so much smarter. Let me pull up Jacob Chicken.
0: Exactly. I I know this by heart. He makes 4.6 million, which is less than Ben Chirard. We win. I uh, the thing is, I don't
1: think any Red Wings fans are listening. But like we like if you are listening, we win.
0: Like you lose. Yeah. Exactly. The Red Wings are frauds. Um they only have they're only this high in the standings because they are lucky sometimes and the Izer plan is gonna fail they're gonna be mediocre forever and see okay, okay but here's the thing the other thing that i kept seeing on the red wings on Wing it in motown is everyone yeah was seeing the sen's aggressive moves and stuff and they were just like it's okay the Iser plan is still in motion like every time he was you know trading away good players for picks they were like steve eiserman is a genius he's gonna like flip these picks for something better or something like that they just kept they, they were just waiting around for steve eiserman to do something cool and they were always doing this and like guys guys this sounds like a cult like why are you <laughs> sitting around waiting for steve eiserman to do something cool like yeah. it's a little weird
1: like honestly, I wish I had that much faith in pure Dorian because I feel like whenever, like now I do. Maybe now, yeah. like now the cult. Has I'm been gonna born. start doing this every time.
0: <laughs> every time Dorian does anything, I'm gonna be like the 112 pl- page plan. Yeah, it's in there. You know, like guess, yeah. it's in motion. We
1: did it a little, I think, in the summer with like Summer yeah. Dorian, and, and then the sends were like not that good, and we were like, never mind, he's a failure. Like yeah, I
0: guess okay. I guess that's <laughs> what I see from Red Wings fans is how we sounded when we were like Connor Brown for a seconds he's done it again he's gonna flip it but but we were right yeah we ended up being right about
1: that Meanwhile, Ben Charrat, so like I think we win.
0: Even earlier today, when there were rumors that James van Riemsdyk was gonna get traded to the Red Wings, I was about to like check out what the insiders are saying and then I was like, why did I even say that? Why did I even try to check because I know what they're gonna be saying, which is Steve Eiserman is a genius. Mm-hmm. The Iser plan is still in motion because that's all you guys ever say about him because whatever he does is good, apparently.
1: Yeah. All this to say, like, there's a rivalry now, okay? Like, we are willing it into existence if you don't think it exists. Because I also see so many Red Wings fans on Twitter being like, why do Zens fans care this much? Like, there is no rivalry. No,
0: there is now. Like, we're manifesting that. Exactly. And you know what? Red Wings fans really cared when I first tweeted that I've decided to become a Red Wings hater. They got very personally offended. They they did the Habs fan thing where they're like, actually, it's disrespectful to dislike <laughs> a team that has won this many Stanley Cups and has had this much success. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the thing. They say like, oh, yeah, you have to be concerned about the Red Wings because you have no Stanley Cups. Yeah. And... Yeah, and I do look up Ventura, Cat multiple <laughs> times a day. Like, so, I think it's fun. So,
0: they have joined the club with the Leafs and Habs fans of trying to pretend that there's no rivalry and insisting yeah. that they don't care about the Sens. And we actually, here's the secret, we don't care whether or not you care about this rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> what, ha- what matters is that we care. Exactly.
1: That's the thing also, is it's like kind of like... A natural thing because it's like their rebuilds are like kind of following the same timeline, you know. Well, Mm -hmm. the Sens is better, like the Sens rebuild Mm -hmm. is better, let's get that out of the way. Mm -hmm. But like, it is like they're gonna have like the same kind of competitive window and all that stuff. So it's like, accept it now or in like two years when they meet in the playoffs. Like, it's gonna Mm -hmm. happen
0: eventually, guys. We're just getting in on the ground floor of this. You they keep pointing out that the Red Wings have won Stanley Cups in the past, but they haven't pointed out that. The Sens are literally going to win the next Stanley Cup and the yeah. five after that.
1: Yeah, so. exactly. And also them. the
0: Sens did win the Stanley Cup 100, 100 years ago. And I think that should count.
1: Yeah. Talk about a freaking like storied franchise 100 years Didn't ago. Didn't they win Stanley
0: the first Cup. Stanley Cup in NHL history, right? Yeah, that's better than original
1: six. We predate Original Six, the Ottawa Senators do.
0: Exactly. The Ottawa Senators are on, like, the very top of the Stanley Cup, the bowl. I know yeah. where it is. <laughs> I look at that very frequently. Yeah. And
1: that's the part that's never leaving. You know how, like, it's like if the exactly. Stanley Cup, like, if the rings keep going, like, it's too big, so they have to get rid of them. The bowl is forever. And that's where the sends are. So there you have it.
0: <laughs> we literally have more bragging rights than the Red Wings yeah. do. Yeah.
1: So, the Sens are not only better, like a better team than the Red Wings, they are a better franchise. They are mm-hmm. like an older franchise. They are more iconic. They are better in every sense. They have a better logo, also. I'll say it.
0: True. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, and also, speaking of those Red Wings games, I almost feel like we need to just have a segment on this podcast where we're like, what did Brady Kachuk do this time? <laughs> um, because he once again, got up to some shenanigans against the Red Wings, and it was pretty fun. It was so awesome.
1: So, like, I think at the end of the second, yeah, end of second period of the first game against the Red Wings, um, the Sens are, like, gonna go on a power play, or, like, they're in the middle of a power play, and, like, the period is over, and then Brady Kachuk, I think one of the Red Wings players, like, shot, uh, like, shot at the goalie, like, late or something, mm-hmm. and Brady Kachuk, like, went over and just taunted everyone on the team
0: he literally just like went up to the bench and was like who wants it who wants it
1: yeah it was so funny and he was just like like i guess he it was a real question i think like who does want it Mm -hmm. and the answer was no one (laughs) like everyone then all the red wings came out third period who wanted
0: it none of them because they let in two more goals so Brady Kachuk got the last word. Did he look goofy? Yes. He's always goofy, though. He does not care about looking silly for taunting a bunch of people and not being taken up on his offer. And I I think that he, yeah, he got the last word. Yeah. He and then
1: the next game, he he did something even funnier, I would argue. I think, yeah, I liked the second thing he did more than, like, mm-hmm. who wants it. I know that that might be controversial. I think it's hilarious. Basically, I think Claude Giroux scored or something. Someone mm-hmm. scored on the Red Wings, naturally, because, guys, yeah, they scored 12 times over two games. Um, and then Brady Kachuk did the funniest possible thing, is he just started flexing at, <laughs> I think, Wallman? Yeah,
0: at, like, a defenseman, yeah. yeah. And, like, it was hilarious. The thing is, he was asked about it after the game, and they were like, why, why did you do that? And he goes, I don't know. Like, I wasn't really thinking of anything. <laughs>
1: The funniest person in the entire world also like it's not even his goal like I, I know. so funny
0: well that's the thing I what I love about Brady is that like it feels like with most Sen's goals um you always get like you get the player who scored celebrating but you get Brady's celebration first because he's always like just planted in front of the net exactly. so he sees it
1: first he, he's the first to do his little celebration exactly and it's always so funny like he always does something so ridiculous And it's, like, he's not embarrassed at all. Like, he's so self-assured in himself, and I think that's so lovely. Like, shout out Bernie Kachuk for that, actually.
0: like I remember after the first time that he um, just went to a bar in Ottawa and sang Mr. Brightside, somebody, like, a reporter asked him, do you ever get embarrassed? Which is such a funny (laughs) question to ask anyone, especially a hockey player, right? Do you ever get embarrassed? And he just said no. I'm, like he and like
1: why would he? You know what I mean? Like he has nothing to ever be embarrassed about. He's just the funniest person ever. I just he's awesome. Shout out Brady Kachuk! I know you're listening.
0: We love you. He's literally the best, and yeah, literally like some of my friends who listen to the podcast and don't watch hockey have mentioned him to me as like I I love the name Kachuk. <laughs> I love what you say about him. Right? He seems like such a funny character. So um, yeah, he really extends even beyond the sense, you know yeah like he's like, just a fun character
1: yeah like when you talk about like oh, I wish hockey players had personality like there you go like he is but you know what I find in interviews he's like not I don't like he's like normal but like the personality is fully just on the
0: ice yeah that's what's kind of funny about him to me yeah is that he, he's a pretty boring interview most yeah. of the time he just, and not even on the ice, like when he goes out to the bars to yeah. sing. He's like, um, you know, he does all of these fun things. And yet, yeah, so does he's in front of the camera. Completely professional.
1: Yeah. Wow. He's so multifaceted. Like, he is so layered and
0: complex. He is. And I can't even imagine what he would do in the playoffs. Like, my brain can't comprehend it. Like, how do we, how could we possibly build on this? Like, oh my god, they really need to make the playoffs. Like, I need... I want
1: to see it so bad. Yeah. He's gonna... Like, because even when, like, Matthew Kachuk was in the playoffs, Brady Kachuk was, like, the main character of exactly. the NHL playoffs. So, like, imagine
0: he's actually playing hockey in them. Oh my god. He, guys, Do you gotta make the do playoffs. Do you think he has, like, in his head... A whole list of like bits that he's gonna do in the playoffs like things he's gonna try because personally I actually don't think he does I think everything he does is completely spontaneous
1: no yeah it's like the thing of like why did you like flex yeah. on like that defenseman and he was just, like I don't know like <laughs> like it's I think he just fully just like thinks about it in the like doesn't think about it in the moment just like comes up with stuff and he's like okay I'll do that then like he's so fun he's like so funny to me like why is he so funny <laughs> I'm so obsessed with Brady Kachuk. I feel like we, like, almost take him for granted. It's like, if you just, like, step back and be like, wait a second, like, this is the goofiest dude (laughs) in the (laughs) world. (laughs) He's so funny.
0: He's hilarious, and he's just so perfect for the Sens. Like, it's hard to explain, but, like, his energy is also, like, the Sens fan base's energy, you know? Like, he's just a goofy little guy. He's just having fun chirping people no matter it doesn't matter if his team is like last in the nhl he has nothing to brag about they're losing he will still do something silly to like try to flex on the other team and like like remember against the habs when he did a title belt celebration (laughs) which is like that doing that in a regular season game against like one of the worst teams in the (laughs) NHL when your team is so far out of a playoff spot like that is so cringe and yet it was like the funniest thing he could have possibly done and that's exactly what sends Twitter is always doing all the time
1: that's the thing I think someone I think a Habs fan pointed Mm -hmm. out oh it was Scott Matla of like um On Habs fame shout out Scott Matla okay so he was like it's, oh, I guess we're kind of, kind of, like, disagree with you, so I guess not shout out, but, like, he was, like, yeah, it's embarrassing that, like, Uh Brady Kachuk did that, and I was, like, absolutely, like, it's not, though, like, for some, if anyone else did it, I'd be, like, oh my god, you know what I mean, but, like, Brady Kachuk doing it is just, like, that, like, wow, like, you know know that he's just
0: doing the funniest thing he can come up with, To get a reaction, you know? Or like, yeah, when he and Josh went out again, the Mr. Bright, singing Mr. Brightside at a bar, the first time it was him and Josh Norris going out to a bar after getting destroyed <laughs> by the Leafs on yeah. home ice. It was like, it was something like 6-1 or 6-0. Yeah, it was I think, so bad. I think it was 6-0, right? Oh my god, they yeah. got shut out. I think they got shut out. <laughs> I can't remember, but it was like, it was bad, or maybe it was a different game, but anyways, no, I it, remember they lost really badly to I the think, Leafs, yeah, yeah. which is like their biggest rival, and how do they respond? They go out to a bar, and they sing Mr. Brightside, And it was like, yeah, a bunch of Leafs fans were like, this is so embarrassing. Why aren't you, like, sitting at home thinking about the loss? It's like, no, this is, it's even more iconic that it was after a loss. Yeah,
1: honestly, I remember that. Oh, I totally forgot it was against the Leafs, but it totally Mm -hmm. was because, like, people were like, imagine if, like, Mitch Marner did this. And it's like, you think Mitch Marner, like has enough joy left in his (laughs) life to, like, go with his friend and sing, like, karaoke, like, I'm so sorry, like, that's not gonna happen, but, uh, sorry to Mitch Marner, like, I hope, (laughs) I hope you find peace and, like, joy in your life, King, (laughs) um, but, like, yeah, I remember, like, Lucien's, and you know what, though, like, Brady's just clocked out, like, he's not, like, he doesn't have to be sad about work, like, what the hell like you like mess up a spreadsheet and you go like oh i can't go hang out with my friends like no brady why should
0: brady kachuk do that exactly we are pro workers rights on this podcast i don't know about the rest of you exactly he's just yeah he's so funny I am so obsessed with him. I was also like, remember when I was texting you during the game to say that this would be a perfect opportunity for Brady to pull off a between the legs goal into an empty net when it was already like 6-1 after already beating them 6-2. And I noticed that in both games, the Red Wings did not pull their goalie. So I think they saw it. They saw it coming. They yeah. were like, Brady is going to dunk on us by pulling off a between the legs move into an empty net <laughs> to make it 7-1. And we cannot let this happen.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know what? That's cowardly. You, like, you don't <laughs> think you can win with the goalie pull? Yeah, you're losing 6-1,
0: maybe. But, like, you're not even gonna go for it? Like, you're not even gonna try? I've seen 5-1 comebacks, comebacks from down 5-1 before. Yeah. So, I'm sure you could pull off 6-1 with two minutes left.
1: Yeah, embarrassing. Another, another bad thing about the Red Wings. Don't pull their goalie when they're losing 6-1. It's oh. such an embarrassing franchise. Yeah, nothing to be proud of. <laughs>
0: Anyways, we have thoroughly roasted the Red Wings for their trade deadline and everything that happened around that. Um, But we also wanted to have a quick discussion about some other teams that made some interesting choices during the trade deadline. Um, Because even though this is about Elite Suns, this is called Elite Suns Brain. Uh, we are geniuses, and we do know things about other teams. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna branch out. We're gonna try something different and talk about the trades that we personally found funny or interesting. Not the big name trades. So we don't give a shit. Who cares? Who cares where, what what is it? Timo Meyer went.
1: Yeah, I fully forgot he even existed until you just said his name. No, we're talking about the hilarious stuff. What's first? Obviously the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> which like i okay if you follow me on twitter you might know this because literally my like if you look at my account it just looks like i'm a vancouver canucks fan because like my like at and also my like icon are vancouver canucks but like i'm not really anymore but i still like want to pay attention to the canucks a little and guys it's bad out there for them like oh my god what did they do they traded okay the first hilarious thing they did so, like, they're firmly out of the playoff race. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs. I, like, even if they win every single game, they might still not. I don't know the math, but, like, that's just the vibe I get. And they traded a first for, who even was it? Heronic. Yeah. yeah.
0: Who looked real bad against the Sens, just yeah. saying. Yeah,
1: he's literally in recovery from being sensed, and <laughs> they traded for him. Like,
0: why would you do that? And you know what was really sad is when I first saw the trade, I found out that Heronic is actually pretty good, and I was like, hell yeah, Red Wings did something stupid, love this, but then it was even dumber for the Canucks. Yeah,
1: like, th- it. I don't understand what they think they are, because it's like, you, they should be rebuilding, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, they should just be, like, building around like, Elias Pettersson and Quinn... This is, like, a real take. Sorry, it's not funny. This is, like, my real take on the Vancouver Canucks (laughs) is that, like, they should be rebuilding and build around, like, Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and, like, whoever else, you know? But instead, they, like, seem to think that they're contenders. And it's, like, you're, like, not. Like, they're, like, we're just, like, one to two pieces away. The other hilarious thing they did was, like, this is a rumor, but apparently the Penguins were maybe (laughs) gonna want to, like, wanting to trade for JT Miller, which is, like, if someone was, like hi, like, can I give you a billion dollars? And you were like, no, thank you. Like, I don't want that.
0: Well, apparently the thing is, the Penguins offered a bunch of draft picks, which is exactly what the Canucks need right now because they need to rebuild. Yeah. And like, yeah, exactly they should be desperate to get out of the Miller contract. And in fact, that was a really stupid move by the Penguins. And you would think that that deal fell through because the Penguins suddenly saw sense and were like, no, this would be dumb. But no, the trade fell through because the Canucks said, no, we want players. We need a centerman to come back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which is like so funny. And you know what? I will say, I was like checking to see if this was real because some people were like, no, that's made up. Because like Darren Dreger said it was real, but then Like, apparently Patrick Alvin said, like, that he never got an offer on JT Miller. And it's like, yeah, that's what I would say if I got an offer on JT Miller and then didn't take it and then saw everyone on Twitter, like, being like, why are you so dumb? I'd be like, that never happened. Like, what are you talking about? So I believe it happened because it's hilarious if it did. It's just like, what the hell?
0: Like, why did they do that? It is so dumb. And it's kind of nice to see a team that is, um worse than my team that is like, you know, not, not like, okay. Lots of teams are worse than my team now. But what I mean is it's nice to see a team that is such a failure that everybody is dunking them on them all the time. And it's not the Ottawa Senators. Yeah.
1: The other thing is that like awful owner, like Francesco Aquilini is like truly a bad person. And it's like, oh my god, like, why are they just the Sens from, like, a couple years ago?
0: Exactly. Every time a team is, like, that much of a failure, it just, it makes me feel so much better, especially since the vibes are so good in Ottawa, and, like, things are going so well. Like, guys, oh my god, seeing, like, first of all, the Debrinkit trade, and then the Chikrin trade, and everyone was like, well, he's gonna be better once he's on a better team, and I'm like, oh my god, the Sens are the better team? Yeah, oh my god,
1: yeah, that's so real, where they were like, because, like, they te- they technically are, right? Like, they are better than Arizona. Hot take. Yeah, the Sens <laughs> are
0: better than the Arizona Coyotes. But
1: I was still, like, when you, yeah, I think you tweeted about this too, and I was just like, oh my god, like, you're right. Like, they are the better team. Like,
0: yeah, Chikrin is about to join a, def- a defense group that already includes Thomas Shabbat, Jake Sanderson, Artem Zub, and Eric Brandstrom. That's like, incredible. That's, that's amazing. Also, by the way, we forgot to talk about the thing, we're, we're circling back to Chikrin briefly, we forgot to talk about the thing that facilitated the Chikrin deal, which oh was my God, yes. Nikita Zaitsev going to Chicago for future considerations along with a couple of picks, and hilarious thing, apparently Nikita Zaitsev is a healthy scratch on the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, yeah, he's like, Oh my god, yeah, like, uh, the the defense,
1: like, group of the Chicago Blackhawks is, like, dire. Like, look it up. I didn't, like, recognize anyone but Jones. I was like, I don't know these it's people. It's like
0: rebuilding Sens without Shabbat.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's still a scratch. And it's like, how was DJ Smith playing this man with Thomas Shabbat? I understand that he was a scratch on the Sens a lot, but, like, whenever anyone was injured, it's like, okay, well, Nikita Zaitsev, come on up, which is insane to me. Like, I can't believe that was, like, our, like, lives, like, three weeks ago. <laughs> I know,
0: like, how things have changed. Now we can just focus on Hamonik, Um, which, honestly, he's, he's slightly better than Zaitsev, at least. And I have some hope that eventually he will no longer be in the top four, you know, now that they have so many better options. And yeah. even, you can't even be mad at that one bad defenseman when they have so many other good defensemen on every pairing, you know? That's true. Yeah,
1: that was a bit of a we had to go back to
0: that for a second. We had to, because it was absolutely wild. It's great, yeah, great to be rid of Nikita Zaitsev, hope future considerations, uh, plays well for the Sens. (laughs) Exactly. That
1: was so awesome.
0: Your time with us was too long, and also terrible. (laughs)
1: Literally the worst ever. I hated every minute. (laughs) (laughs) Except do you remember that one time he, like, When he, like, got sent down to Belleville, uh, that one time, this was, like, a couple months ago, he got, like, got sent down to Belleville, and then he came back, and we were like, (laughs) wait a minute, like, is Nikita Saitsev really good right now? Because he had, like, two good games, and then, like, DJ Smith was, like, so vindicated. Like, you could tell how happy he was. He was like, it's like like, he won the lottery. He was yeah. like, Nikita Zaitsev had two good games. Like, I
0: always knew he had this in him. Exactly. Know? And then he probably went back to being the worst it was, player ever. It was like us when Branstrom turned out to be really good yeah. this season. <laughs> Except Branstrom was good the whole time and has been good for a long time, whereas Zaitsev went back to being bad pretty quickly. Yeah.
1: Anyway, goodbye, Nikita Zaitsev you will not be missed. Also
0: R.A.P. Tyler Mott. Oh Um, yeah yeah. that
1: actually made me sad Uh and also yeah like I was mostly sad because like I mentioned I used to be a Canucks fan and like I liked him on the Canucks. His tenure with the Ottawa Senators was like mid like he didn't really do much
0: no unfortunately he was not that great and from what i've heard um the new guy patrick brown is a little bit like that like just good defensively and stuff um yeah it was too bad that tyler mott didn't really accomplish much much in ottawa and in return they got another french canadian because the ottawa senators are the francophone team of the nhl as yeah. everybody knows
1: welcome julien gauthier i don't know if you want to say
0: it. So julien gauthier there you go yeah, yeah. He's for pretty cool. A lot, yeah, for the Franco, <laughs> for our Francophone fans, um, and he's been speaking French in a lot of uh, videos, a lot of mic'd up videos, which is pretty cool. There was a Mathieu Joseph mic'd up video where he spoke a lot of French. It was a lot of Fringlish, and I really appreciated it. That's so awesome.
1: Anyway, spe- okay, maybe we do a tangent of this is a french name, Brendan Lemire.
0: If we're going back to things that have This is around- the thing. Yeah, we're going back to Okay, speaking of franchises that are doing terribly. <laughs> um yeah, and like make us feel better about it, about the sense the Philadelphia Flyers are not doing very well these days um they're tr- desperately trying to be good but they're so bad and I guess they looked at the situation they looked at how far they are from the playoffs how far they are from Conor Bedard and they said fuck it we need to start biting people
1: <laughs> that's so funny yeah that's exactly what they did They said, well, if you can't beat him, bite him. (laughs) (laughs) So they got Brendan Lemire, who we all know, bit Brady Kachuk.
0: Do you think Brendan Lemire is now happy to be in the same conference as Brady Kachuk? Like, do you think he's dying for another taste of Brady Kachuk's flesh? He's like, my favorite snack. I'm going to have another little nibble on Brady Kachuk's hands next time I see him.
1: I fully believe that, yes. The other thing that I'm sure he's very happy about is Tony D'Angelo is also on the Philadelphia Flyers. And Brendan Lemieux and Tony D'Angelo used to have a podcast. Which is, like, so funny to me. It's not that funny, like, objectively, I don't think. It's just, like, yeah, they had a podcast that's really normal. We have a podcast, too, exactly. I guess. But, like, that's so funny. Like, podcast hosts reunited, <laughs> but it's, like, they're evil. Like, they're the worst <laughs> people And For anyone who
0: doesn't know, their podcast was called Watch Your Tone. I never listened to it, but the whole selling point was that it was supposed to be pushing back against quote-unquote political correctness, and it was supposed to be, like, a very right-wing, like, you know, the Trump-supporting boys getting together to talk about how they, how much they hate minorities. Um, don't quote me on that. Again, I haven't listened to the podcast. Um, I am not defaming them. This is just my understanding of what the podcast was about. So he should be happy to be re- reunited with Tony D'Angelo and also to be united for the first time with Ivan Provorov, who is currently the most famous homophobe in the NHL. So they've got, like, a really cool squad going on in Philadelphia. (laughs) Um, It's, like, it's an experiment to have, like, the worst vibes possible on one team.
1: It's, like, yeah, oh my god, (laughs) I'm so sorry if you like the Philadelphia Flyers, because if you like the Philadelphia Flyers and are listening to this podcast, you're definitely, like, very upset about this all, so, Mm -hmm. like, I am very sorry to you. Um, That really sucks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel very bad for Flyers fans. It's, like, it's, like, kind of funny, and then it's not funny. Yeah, you know?
1: it's, like, hilarious, and then you're, like, wait a minute. Like, oh, God, that's, like, proper bad. Um, So, yeah, this is just, like, sad now, I guess. I'm sorry. It's also sad because, like, the Broad Street Bullies vibe is like fun but then it's like they took it too far <laughs> like it's like rock street bullies except for like the bullies are doing hate crimes just kidding. none of them have done a hate crime like not that we know of
0: we, them we do not know where any of the philadelphia flyers were on january 6th who knows
1: yeah we don't know their whereabouts i can guess but i'm not gonna say anything more um but yeah so sorry if you're a philadelphia flyers
0: fan that sucks a uh, team that has like Broad Street bullies energy, but positive in the fun way is the Ottawa Senators.
1: Yeah. So, be Brady Kachuk has good oh, Broad
0: Street you, bullies energy.
1: That's so real. Actually, if you're a Flyers fan and you're not already a Sens fan because of like Claude Giroux, like, just do it now. Like, yeah. based on what we've just said, like, we are the Broad Street bullies
0: now. Exactly. We took the title. We have taken all the good things about the Philadelphia Flyers, we've just stolen it. Yeah. You
1: know? Claude Giroux and former Philadelphia Flyer, also, right? Derek Broussard. Great segue.
0: We're circling back to the Ottawa Senators (laughs) to talk about how Derek Broussard played his 1,000th game, and it was so wholesome.
1: It was... Yeah.
0: I, like, actually almost cried watching the video where the players were like, um, yeah giving him gifts and stuff and there was a mic'd up video too i don't know if you saw it it was so cute he was saying like he was practicing he was warming up without a helmet and the whole time he was like i've never done this before my mom's gonna be so mad which is so relatable i love him so much
1: yeah that was so cute the other like there are so many like cute things about this it's like It's so funny talking about, like, cute things in regards to, like, Derek Broussard. Like, that is a grown man. But, like, it was very, very cute. Like, they had shirts with, like, him on them and, like, thousand game things. Also, in the Mike Dev video, it's very funny because, basically, he scored twice in his thousandth game, which is, like, incredible. I don't know if we said that already. But, yeah, he did it and it was awesome. The first goal... It was, like, Matthew Joseph, like, shot it, and then Derek Brassard tipped it, and in the victim video, you can see, like, you can hear him being like, I don't think I got it, like, that's yours, that's yours, like, go take the celebration, and it's like, oh my god, like, the vibes are just so
0: good, like, that's such a, like, wholesome thing. And it's so cool that he got to do this with the Ottawa Senators, which... You know, it was not his first team. Well, okay, he played it. He played this game against his first team, right? Because um, it was the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And but then also he was playing it with the Ottawa Senators, which is probably the team that gave him like his biggest moments. You know, like yeah. he had those big playoff moments during that twenty seventeen run. Um, that that created the legend of big game brass. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he had that nickname before he came here, but um, in my head we made up that nickname.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, the entire thing was just like very nice. Like, I was just, like, this is, like, so nice and happy. I was, like, when I was watching the game, it was less awesome because, like, they were losing at many points. And I was, like, I hate this team. But then they won, so I was, like, I love this team.
0: They did win. It was nice. That was just such a wild game because, yeah, it was a thousand games for Broussard, it was Chikrin's first game as a senator, and he had, like, basically just not slept. Like, he just yeah. he just came to New York, he, like, tried to have a nap, so he didn't even do the morning skate. Um, It was just so chaotic, and yeah, he just jumped in. Like, having never skated with these guys before, which is wild. I cannot imagine doing that.
1: Yeah, because that's actually so real. Like, why would I have, like, first day of school, like, anxious mm-hmm. energy?
0: Like... And he's never played for any NHL team other than the Coyotes, so it's his first big trade, too. Yeah. Just so cool, and they also spoiled Patrick Kane's first game as a New York Ranger, which was really nice. Yeah,
1: that was so awesome. Also, it was funny because, like... Patrick Kane got traded to the Rangers before, like, the Jacob Chicken deal happened. Mm -hmm. So, like, everyone was, like, kind of circling it. Like, oh, that's Patrick Kane's, like, Rangers debut. And then fully no one cared. People probably still cared. I was like, well, no one cares now. It was all the
0: Sens narratives. All Sens all
1: the time. That's all anyone in this league cares about.
0: (laughs) The Sens are the center of the universe. Everybody cares about the Sens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What else is there to say, really? Everyone does really? care about the Sens.
0: Everything is about the Sens all the time. And if you are talking about a team other than the Sens, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, it's weird. Stop it.
0: <laughs> I think I
1: said that verbatim last episode, too. I think I was like, it's but weird. But it is worth
0: repeating. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's it. I think that's all we had to talk about. We spoke very quickly today, probably because we are doing this in person. Um, don't expect more of that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, also, yeah, because the other thing is that when we do it online, we have to, like, pause so much, and then there's, like, a ton of pauses, so not in real life, though. So,
0: maybe, maybe one day there will be another in-person episode, but they will always be one-offs, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So... Anyways, on that note, go Sens go. Yeah. Um Tropico al- go yeah. go on Twitter. As always yeah. drop a go, go in the
1: comments. Um, below. Oh yeah,
0: I forgot to say this in the last episode, the outro. Um, our Twitter is at elite brain. Follow us there. Tweet us. Um, my Twitter is at E. My Twitter
1: and also entire presence <laughs> in the universe is at Erickson's burner. She doesn't
0: exist outside of I that Twitter to be clear. Yeah. Don't exist anywhere else. Um, yeah. Go, sons, go. Yeah, bye. Go, sons, go, bye. Go, <laughs> bye.